Today is Thursday, July 28th. The title for our devotional is Results of Growing Together. Let's begin by reading Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. In verse 14, here Paul continues the maturity metaphor, as we talked about yesterday, but in the negative. He describes those who have not yet matured as infants. For Christians, spiritual growth should be as natural as growing up. That doesn't mean it will be easy, however. I wouldn't describe the maturity gained through the adolescent and teen years as easy, but through the bumps and bruises, we matured. Our culture is experiencing an epidemic of what's been called prolonged adolescence, especially among young men. The article I've linked you to below in the additional content from Eric Mason draws it out in a little bit more detail, but the bottom line is many are failing to progress into the emotional, relational, and institutional maturity of adulthood. Prolonged adolescence is an epidemic in our spiritual life as well. It seems as if many of us are content to remain as infants in our spiritual life, never, quote, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I have often pondered this and the reasons why we linger in our spiritual immaturity. It's, a, I think, a complex cocktail of reasons, but I think there are a few primary reasons why we don't mature. One is simply busyness and hurry. In Mark 4, Jesus tells a parable of four soils. We are a third soil society in which the weeds, the distractions of the world, they grow up and make the plants unfruitful. Those are the weeds, the distractions of the world, and that metaphor are our busyness and hurry and all the other things that we have to accomplish. And in the same vein of number one is number two, it's simply a lack of desire or motivation to. In our culture of almost limitless freedom, we have the ability to choose what we do and don't do with our time. We could easily choose the disciplines that will help us grow in our faith, but we often just don't. The only explanation I can come up with is that we just don't really want to. Third, I think is a theological misunderstanding. In our theology of salvation by grace alone through faith alone, there's a real temptation to just do the bare minimum. We're tempted to take our get out of hell free card and go on living our lives. Of course, I believe that theology of salvation is true. Just because it's abused doesn't make it untrue. But to remain immature in our faith is to miss out on the abundant life that Jesus offers. This is often a failure in the teacher's presentation of the gospel as well. When the gospel is presented only as salvation, without discipleship and spiritual growth, it can lead to some serious misunderstandings, especially in the realm of the Lordship of Christ. So those are just a few, three to be specific, of the reasons that I can come up with why we often linger in our immaturity and remain as infants in the faith. Of course, this is not taking into account those who are nominal Christians, that is, Christians in name only and are not genuine followers of Christ. Moving on then, Paul's description of an infant Christian is a helpful diagnostic tool for us as well. 
He describes an immature Christian as one who is, quote, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. There are many forms of spiritual immaturity, but Paul is here primarily concerned with the doctrinal immaturity of the church in Ephesus. They are not rooted and grounded in the truth of the gospel, so they're easily deceived by cunning and crafty people who attempt to lead them astray into false teachings. These words ring true in my life experience as well as I watch other believers following Christ. There are some who are immature Christians and who constantly are looking for something more. They never feel settled by the gospel of Christ. It just never seems to be enough for them. So throughout their walk, they are constantly following this teacher or that teacher or that philosophy or this philosophy. And they just seem constantly unsettled and wandering and never never fully coming to an understanding of the truth of the gospel and being settled in that. Now, of course, it's good to ask questions and to continue growing and learning, but the core essential gospel should be our, our consistent foundation so that we aren't tossed back and forth by waves and blown here and there by every wind and teaching and constantly feeling unsettled. The gospel should settle us. Some of the teachings that have tossed the church to and fro in the last few years, I would say, are Christian nationalism, the prosperity gospel, and all of its uh, subtle nuances in our Western culture. And of course, the most deceptive is what Christian Smith termed the moralistic therapeutic deism, that Christianity, religion, is only about making you be good, moralistic, therapeutic, God only exists to help me when I need him, and deism. God doesn't, it isn't really actively involved in all the affairs of life. He's just kind of a mystical force out there who I can tap into when I need. For additional content, I've linked you to uh, uh, an article that I mentioned above by Eric Mason. It's called Six Dangers of Extended Adolescence. It's more geared towards young men, but it'll give you the kind of broad uh, description of what I'm talking about with extended adolescence and immaturity in our faith. Now for reflection today, does Paul's description of an infant Christian sound familiar to you? Do you feel as if your walk with Christ could be described as being tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming? Or do you feel settled and confident in the gospel? Do any of the three barriers to growth ring true for you? If so, pick one to focus on removing in the coming weeks. One would be hurry and busyness. Two is lack of desire. Three is theological misunderstandings.